Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay Podcast. Guys, I'm excited to be here. I love what I do. I love fitness. I love health. I love um, teaching the things that I have learned on my own journey as well as coaching. Um, I just love this space. And I cannot tell you how unbelievably grateful I am that uh, you guys even care what I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for my interactions on social media with you guys. I'm just so grateful that um, it, it, social media is cool. It is actually really, really cool that we're able to connect to people. It is kind of funny though, because I was at uh, I was at Costco and a woman came up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, how are you doing? And then she just stops and her face goes bright red. And she goes, I just realized you have no idea who I am but I know you. Like, I feel like I know you. We are friends. And we both just like burst out laughing. It was so funny. I swear Costco is where my people are <laughs> because I have met more people who follow me at Costco than anywhere else. So that's, that's apparently, that's our, that's our home base. <laughs> it's not the gym. It's Costco. I just love it. I love it. We're Costco people. Okay. Anyways, Today, we are going to be talking about earning the right to build. Okay, that's an interesting concept, right? You probably haven't heard it that way before. Let's, let's, for those of you who don't know what a build is, let's first preface that, right? So there's, there's a few different names for it, but people will refer to it as a bulk or a build or a calorie surplus. Basically, it's a time frame where we want to maximize, not just like, oh, I want a little muscle, but we want to maximize our ability to put on muscle during a certain period of time. And so we will actually go into a calorie surplus to, to do that. Yes, we can put on muscle around maintenance. Uh, it's easier for people who are untrained versus trained individuals or intermediate or, or advanced individuals. And so those intermediate and advanced individuals oftentimes go into builds because they can see more muscle growth. Uh, it still takes a while, right? Muscle growth just takes a while. Fitness, our, hitting our goals just takes a while. Just just in, like breathe it in, embrace it, right? So it still takes a while. It's still really hard, but we'll go into these phases where we can maximize our ability to put on muscle growth. So I, I actually believe that I've been doing this for a long time, guys. I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> and it's interesting how my beliefs and my practices change over time. The, the more people I help, the more I, education I get, the more time I'm in, in, in this space, uh, my beliefs and practices continue to evolve. So if you listen to something that I said a year ago, two years ago, I might be saying something now, different now. I may choose a different path now. Um, and, and how grateful I am for that because that it, it means that I'm learning and growing and evolving. And I, and I hope I always remain that type of person who's striving to continue to learn, right? And challenge my beliefs and, and grow as an individual and as a coach. So one thing that has really evolved is I now believe that people need to earn the right to get into this bulk or build or muscle building phase. I really do believe this. So, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. 
there are a lot of women who will get on social media and they get really excited about following these influencers. These influencers are teaching new things like maintenance. It's not all about just living in a calorie deficit. And it's so wonderful. And they're, they're almost this like their minds are being freed of scarcity mindset and calorie deficit and always living with no food, right? Or little food. And it's this beautiful, wonderful thing. But then we have these advanced athletes going into builds and people who are barely getting their toes wet in fitness are like, oh, that's what I need to do. I need to do a build. But I'm going to give you a list today of what I believe, like, you don't have to go into a build. And and I'm going to go into a list of what I believe qualifies somebody for a build. Because builds are hard. You know, psychologically, they're hard. Physically, they can be hard. Um, this is hard. And builds are part of an extreme sport. Bodybuilding is an extreme sport. And this is a technique that they've been using for a while. With any extreme sport, you need a certain mind to stay healthy when you move into those those different extremes within the sport, right? So I actually believe that builds need to be earned. So let's start with this. How, how do we earn them? Well, we earn them through a few things. Let me start with this one. I'm going to start with a quote. Eric Helms is one of my favorite researchers and scientists. I just love the guy. And he's just so down to earth, just normal. I love normal people. I just, <laughs> maybe because I think I'm normal. I don't know though. Everyone thinks they're normal. There has to be a weirdo amongst them, <laughs> right? So maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the norm. But he just, as my dad would say, he's a normal mammal. That's like my dad's my dad cracks me up. Like that is the best compliment he could give somebody. Hmm. They're a normal mammal. Like, <laughs> did you meet, have you met so-and-so Lindsay? Such a normal mammal. Like, <laughs> dad, where did you get this compliment? Like if you ever meet my dad and he calls you a normal mammal, just know this is the highest praise he will ever give you. But <laughs> anyway, Eric helps. He's a normal mammal. Um, Anyways, I was listening to him talk about this, and I, I just loved how he phrased this. He said, you cannot out-eat a crappy training program. So here we are going into a calorie surplus to maximize muscle growth because the body needs the appropriate amount of fuel to be able to build. And to maximize that, we do need a little bit of an, an energy availability. I think that that's a better way to even say it. Um, energy availability. And so we can't out-eat bad training. What does he mean by that? Well, just because you eat in a calorie surplus and just because you lift weights doesn't mean that you are going to put on any muscle. It doesn't. It does not mean that. You have to be training smart. So I'm going to break this down for you a little bit. One, we need to be choosing quality exercises. So if this is very common with women, we like to try to do multiple things at a time. Have you ever noticed that? I'm going to cook dinner and help my child with their homework and sweep at the same time. And I'm going to do all of these things. But notice how like if something has to suffer, like it doesn't, we don't do it well, 
<laughs> right? If you just chose one, sit down, help the child with homework, you could be really present, really show up, really do it well. You're not going to burn the, the, the meal if you're just focusing on the meal right? So, but we think as women, oh, we have this amazing capacity to do multiple things at a time, <laughs> which I think sometimes we're just getting fooling ourselves, right? Well, that same mindset of what we try to do at the home, wear like four different hats at the same exact time. A lot of times we take that mentality into the gym and we think, oh, well, if I just mix the bicep curl with the shoulder press, I'm doing two things at the same time. I can get more done right? But unfortunately, like what we see at home is something has to suffer. So a lot of these combo moves are just, if you are in a hypertrophy phase, in a muscle building phase, throw all of them out. If your program has combo moves, it is not a good program for hypertrophy, for maximizing muscle growth in hypertrophy. And let me tell you why. If we, I'm just going to use the the example, the, the uh, bicep curl to the shoulder press. If we're doing this, well, what I can do bicep curls wise, 25 pounds is where I'm maxing out, okay? I'm curling 25 pounds. Well, I can press way more than 25 pounds. I can press up to 40 pounds. So... If I have 25, a 25 pound dumbbell that I'm curling, and then I move into a 25 pound dumbbell press in both hands, that's something's going to suffer. Do you see what I'm saying here? My strength is appropriately matched to the bicep curl, but not to the shoulder press. And so something's going to suffer. I may get some good bicep development, but I'm not going to get anything out of that shoulder press really because I'm not appropriately matching the strength. And as part of hypertrophy and a muscle building phase, you really have to match those, which is why I say if you have combo moves in your hypertrophy program, it's not for you. Throw it out. Okay. It is suboptimal. Is there some, is there an outlier out there who may put on muscle while doing this, yes, I'm not saying that they're not, but if your main, look, it already takes long enough to put on muscle. If your main goal is to move into a calorie surplus, well, already you're telling me you're serious about this goal. So you better be serious about the quality of exercises that you choose as well, because 99.9% .9 of us are not those genetic outliers. And so the last thing that I want you to do is go into a 250, 500 calorie daily surplus and put on way more body fat than muscle because your exercise selection sucked. Or just your overall training program was filled with all of these suboptimal exercises, right? So I'll see the same thing with women who really want to build their glutes and so they choose all of these really trendy movements. It's like, oh, my glute day is going to be cable kickbacks and glute bridge and 45 degree uh, hip extension. And I'm going to then band my knees and do sidewalks everywhere. And okay, so that's a really, that's a really crappy day for glutes, but they were burning. I don't, I don't care if you felt the burn. 
a lot of these things are just, of course, you felt the burn. You are mostly working your muscles in the short and contracted position, which is where we get the most feedback. But unfortunately, it's not where we build things the most. So we we build uh, our muscles, working them more in the length and mid position. So exercise selection beyond just like getting rid of crappy combo moves. Also, exercise selection, as far as which exercises you're prioritizing and doing, those matter too. So we want to start, I've done an episode on this specifically. We want to start with our, our, our primary lifts, which if we're just talking about glute development, a lot of women are interested in that. So let's just talk about glute development. The primary lifts are going to be like Okay, the glute emphasis squat, the leg press, the walking lunges, the split squat. Um, these where we load, where we get in that lengthened mid position and we load it there. Okay, and then so every muscle can be can be worked in different positions, and as you contract it and it comes together more, then that's more of the contracted short position. But in the lengthened mid is where we get the majority of the growth. It doesn't mean we don't do shortened, but those are secondary and accessory work. Those aren't primary. And and I'll see women be like, this is my glute blaster day and get my amazing glutes. And this person genetically has incredible glutes. Um, And then I'll look at this glute day that they're telling people to do. And I'm like, that is the worst. That is the crappiest like glute day because you're working everything you're feeling a lot because you're working everything in like a short mid position, but you're really not able to load things. Everything is just about this sensation of feeling the burn. And that that is that does not translate to hypertrophy. Okay, so we we need to be cautious and careful about quality of exercises. And then also, um, yeah, so we need to be cautious and careful about quality exercises. So that's a huge one. Okay. You earn the right to build first by making sure that you have and perform quality exercises and you have a quality uh, program that's based on progressive overload. So I'm sure you've heard a lot about that progressive overload. It needs to be, the program needs to be the same from week to week for six to eight weeks. And then what you do is you focus on progressing within the program. So here's another huge red flag. If you don't write down, record your weights that you're doing in the gym, and you're not trying to do just a little bit more this week than you did last week, that is a huge red flag that you have not yet earned the right to be in a calorie surplus. You have not earned the right yet to be in a build because you don't understand progressive overload. Okay, so that's how the body becomes better. That's how we send signals of we need more strength. We need more muscle because she's now trying to do more and more and more, right? So we stimulate in the gym. We don't annihilate. We appropriately stimulate in the gym. Then we go home and recover. So that's another one. If you don't know how to give yourself recovery days, if you have to do weightlifting six to seven times a week, then I don't believe you've earned the right to build, to go into a strictly build phase because your body builds 
during recovery. If you are not giving it enough time to recover, then it is going to be really, really hard for you to progress week to week. Now, a newbie, the first year of lifting, you can get away with a lot. You can get away with lifting six to seven times a week and you can build on some muscle. But after that, you are going to find that you plateau because your body needs more and you can't give it more because it can't recover from the more that it needs. So that is my other thing. You need to earn the right to build by also knowing how to give your body the appropriate amount of time to recover. So I always tell people, max lifting five times a week. If you really want to maximize growth, you may even want to push it down to four times a week. Give your body three really solid days of recovery. And and what I'll tell people is lift two days and then do a recovery day. Don't be lifting four times, like four days in a row. Like try your hardest and off, and I'm speaking to intermediate and advanced, those that really want to push into a building phase, those that really want to push in and maximize muscle growth. Train two days, take a day off. Train two more, take one, two days off, right? So really listen to your body. Your body will grow with the appropriate amounts of recovery. So here's another way that you earn the right to build. Um, I was reading a study. This was this one was published like five six years ago, five years ago, something like that, where um, they tested people's like knowledge of where failure was, and what they realized was like thirty to fifty percent of people didn't even didn't even know how to hit failure. They didn't even they were saying that, oh, I'll hit failure way before they actually did. They had no clue how to actually work to failure. So I think it's kind of funny because within the past two years, we've had a lot of studies saying, well, you don't need to hit failure in order to to build, but you need to be at least like one to two reps away. But the problem is we have other studies saying, uh, and you also, you you don't know where failure is. (laughs) So people are like, oh, don't, don't push to failure. You won't grow. I'm like, don't worry. Most people don't even know where failure is. They really don't. So this is something that I will have my clients do when they first start with me. This is something that I've that I've started doing in the past two years is I will have them send me, um, I'll tell them a program. I'll give them a program and I'll have them send me their, uh, them doing an exercise, their first set. They have to send me a video recording of their first set and a video recording of their last set, and their last set needs to be to failure. Now, let's just, before I proceed, let's kind of define what failure is. Because a lot of times people think that failure is you, you, can, you can barely like move your arm an inch, right? So there are different types of failure. There are different types of fatigue that we can push into. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about like partial Um, complete annihilation, if you will, if you can only move, if we're talking about bicep curls and you can only, you know, bring it up like one inch. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when I give a client three sets of eight to 10 reps and they need to stay within that rep range and they need to match the weight so that they don't exceed 10 reps but they hit failure within eight to 10 reps. Now, if they can push through 
with good form and a complete rep, push out another one, two, three reps, then the weight wasn't heavy enough. Then they need to go higher. And so they stay within that rep range. And what I'm talking about is a muscular failure. So you still have good form, but the contraction is really starting to slow down and maybe you can barely finish that last rep before you're done. I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just feeling the burn. I'm not talking about a million drop sets. I'm talking about like this muscular failure where you have good form and you can just barely pump out that last rep all the way, not a partial, all the way, and then you're done. You couldn't pump out one more. So a lot of times people will actually think that they've hit failure and they haven't. So I'll have my clients send me their first and their last set. And what's interesting is a lot of people who come to me saying, I need a build. I'm not building. I don't know why. When I I'll have them send me their program and I'll look over the program that they've been doing. I'll look over their nutrition. And then I also have them send in that first set and that last set. And the last set is to failure. And usually what I see is either they're always eating too little and that's going to affect it. Um, or the programming is kind of full of suboptimal movements or too little or too much volume. And then the other huge one, this is huge that I see is that they haven't, they don't know where failure is. They don't know real intensity in the gym. They only know how to like feel the burn. They don't know how to push themselves to this muscular failure. And the reason I can spot it, it's not just in the face. You know, when I'm hitting failure, I do this like weird head nod thing and my face turns really ugly and I make some awesome ugly gym faces, right? Some people aren't like that. Some people are rather stoic. So how can we tell? Well, the contraction will start to slow down. So if I'm looking at their bicep curl and the set one looks the same as set three, uh, that's not failure. You don't know what failure is because hitting failure, the contraction starts to, that upward part starts to really, really, really slow down. I literally, women, I cannot tell you how often I see this, that women actually don't know how to push themselves to failure. So when I see all of these articles of like, you know, don't go to failure. But I see this other study saying, well, people don't even know where failure is. And then I have women sending me, sending videos into me saying, this is my failure. I'm like, and, she, and I shouldn't go this far. I should, because I read an article saying I shouldn't go to failure. I'm like, you're still like five reps away. You're not even, they say that you should stay one to two. You're not even within that range, but yet you think you're working to failure. So this is another huge one. People need to earn the right to go into a build by, by being able to show that they know how to bring in a real, true intensity level into their lifts. And I'm here telling you, majority of people don't know how to do that. So I'm really not worried about the masses not building because they're hitting failure. No, I'm worried about the masses not building because they're not even getting close. They don't even know how to get close. They don't even know how to push themselves. So 
This is a huge one. So it's not just quality of exercise and like the whole program, right? But it's actually like, are can you bring the level of intensity that's needed? Can you do that? If not, then you going into a calorie surplus is going to push up your weight. But majority of that weight increase is going to come from body fat and not from building muscle. Just because you're eating in a calorie surplus does not mean you're going to put on muscle. And just because you touch weights when you go into the gym does not mean you're going to put on muscle. There is way more to it than that. So those are just kind of red flags I want you to look for. If if you don't know how to choose quality exercises, if you don't have a quality hypertrophy program where you are writing down the weights, you are keeping track of what you're doing, you are working hard to do a little bit more this week than last week. And let me give an example of that because what does that mean, right? That's kind of a vague statement. So in my training app, I actually give people rep ranges. I've mentioned this where I say like eight to 10. So maybe week one, you do eight reps. And then week two, you do nine reps. And then week three, you do 10 reps. And then the next week, you drop down to eight reps, but you're able now to bump up the weights a little bit more. You see how every single week I was doing a little bit more this week than I was last week? It doesn't always have to come from bumping up the weights. In fact, only beginners really see that type of like every single month their weights are just ticking up, right? Only beginners really see that. Intermediate and advanced, we have to choose, we have to find other techniques, other forms. So this week I progressed with my lateral raises by adding a one count pause to the top, right? Last week I didn't have that one count pause. This week I had that one count pause. So that was a progression for me. I was doing a little bit more work, creating a little bit more tension on the fibers this week than I did last week. That is a slight progression. Okay. And it's hard because everybody wants to obsess with volume. Like, oh, but but how do I equate that? Right. I can't punch that in and see that. So that's why it's important to just have these written progressions in a program for yourself. So write them down. Write down this week I did this. Next week be like, okay, maybe I'll drop the one count pause at the top and I'll bump up the weights just a tad. And then that's, you know, once again, stepping, progressing a little bit more this week than last week. So there are so many ways, but if you're not, if you are not tracking your weights, not looking to really push yourself, then you have no business moving into a calorie surplus. No business. Because then you're going to set yourself up for a very frustrated position because you will now put on a lot of body fat, hardly any muscle. And then what do you do? You have to get rid of the body fat. So you get into a calorie uh, deficit, you drop the body fat, and then you're frustrated because you're like, what? I didn't even build that much. Nothing's really changed. Well, yeah, because you you didn't have quality exercises. You didn't have quality program. You didn't bring the intensity required into the gym to bring about change. You weren't even like tracking your weights or pushing. All you were thinking about was the feelings in the gym. I'm feeling a burn. That's enough. Oh, I'm sore for two days. That's enough. Don't chase the sore. Sore doesn't mean that you're progressing. That doesn't. It means that 
It could mean um, so many things. It could mean you have mechanical damage. It could mean you're not eating enough. It could mean you're not sleeping enough. You're not getting the nutrients that you need to to recover. Uh, it could mean that you just started a new training phase. And usually the first week or two, you get sore. And then after that, it, it's hard to induce it. Yet you could still be progressing within the same program, but it's just harder and harder to get sore as the program and your body adapts. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing to actually not always be sore. You should not be chasing that. You can still progress the weights and progress within a program um, without getting sore for you know the last four weeks of it. It doesn't mean that nothing's happening. So it could actually just mean that nutrition is on point, recovery on point, training on point. You're, you're doing just enough to stimulate and then you're, you're recovering really well. That's awesome. That should be really exciting. So after being in this industry, coaching people for a very long time, this is one thing that I am now very adamant about is that you do have to earn the right to go into a build. I don't want people just going into a build because an influencer is like, look at me, this is what I do. It's like, I, I, what I actually really want is people to have enough information. And this is really why I launched my membership site. I want to people... I want people to have enough education where when they see information on Instagram, whether it's from me or somebody else, they can say, okay, this influencer is speaking to the masses. And that bit of information she's sharing right now actually may not apply to me. It may apply to 99.9% .9 of the people out there. I may be in a position right now where it actually doesn't apply to me. So that fitness influencer who's encouraging everybody to do a build, she that's okay. That's fine that she's doing that, right? But we need correct context for the content. And your context may be just a little bit different. Maybe you're a newbie. I just don't think that newbies need to go into builds. There's so much muscle growth that can happen right around maintenance for them. Even, even intermediate lifters, if they would just get on point the things that I've listed here, they wouldn't even need to go into an aggressive surplus. They could do so much at maintenance too. I firmly believe that. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in so many people. If the training was smart enough, the intensity was smart enough, the recovery was on point, they wouldn't even need to go into these crazy high surpluses. And, and one thing that's really frustrating is when people are encouraging crazy high surpluses and then they post their training and I'm like, you're just going to be putting on body fat, very minimal amounts of muscle because the the exercise selection is such poor quality. So it's like Eric Helms says, you cannot out eat poor training. You really cannot. So, so I hope that these red flags can give you guys some insight of, do you know what? Maybe you're not at a place right now 
that a build is the best thing for you. Maybe if you just worked on exercise selection, progressive overload, getting enough sleep, eating around maintenance, you could see exactly the changes that you want to see without having to really push into a into a high surplus. Or maybe just a slight calorie deficit with all of these things on point, just like a 10, 15% calorie deficit. You could be getting some good muscle because you're a newbie and be seeing, you know, body fat come down, seeing a lot of body recomp right there, right there without having to push into a calorie surplus. So hopefully this has given you enough to think about so that you can step back and say, and have a more educated decision about, is, is building right for me? If I'm all, all over the place and a highly emotional eater, maybe I shouldn't be in a build. And maybe actually my decision to go into a build was an emotional one because I saw a bunch of people just eating whatever and I thought, that looks great. I want to eat whatever. But maybe that's not the right thing for you because eating whatever with really poor training and putting on a bunch of body fat and now you're in a worse position than you were before, right? So I really hope that this has given you something to really think through so that you can make a really, truly educated decision on what fitness phase is the best for me. Maybe maintenance really is. Maybe maintenance right here, where I'm at with nutrition, and just get all these other ducks in a row. And I will see exactly what I want to without pushing into some type of aggressive unknowns of a build phase. So I really, really hope that this episode gets you thinking in a new way where you can make a better decision for yourself. Thank you for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. If you have any questions, you can always follow me at liftinglindsay.com. Shoot me a message there. I'm always willing to help where I can. If you have questions about my programming or my coaching, go to liftinglindsay.com.